This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Thing pretty, unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the corny aside. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 266 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Today, we're going to be continuing the player reviews. If you have missed it, uh, I have not gone live for them yet. This was my first one that I'm going to be going live for. Uh, but I've already talked about you, Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Hayter, Suarez, Clevenger, Manaya. Uh, there's been a bunch of guys. It's been pitchers so far. I will get to the position players eventually. Uh, but just continuing the player reviews today, it's going to be four relievers. I did four instead of two today because there isn't a ton to talk about about these four guys. Um, so I figured just put them all up in one uh, single episode and get through these four guys and then move on to more players. So today it's Pierce Johnson, Tim Hill, Stephen Wilson, and Adrian Morahone. If you guys have other questions, feel free to put them in the chat here live. Uh, but I'm going to get through these guys first. And then if there's any general Padre questions, feel free uh, to leave them in the chat. I'm going to put a super chat in there. I appreciate that. And I'll get to those eventually. Um, but let's start with Pierce Johnson. Not a ton of things to really talk about with Pierce Johnson this season. Because he didn't pitch a whole lot, definitely in the regular season. I mean, 15 games, 14 and a third innings, 502 ERA. His whip was over one and a half, 21 strikeouts, eight walks, gave up a home run. Uh, just a just a really small sample size. When he was on the mound, that, that's the good thing is he he pitched well when he was on the mound. Allowed three runs a couple times, but other than that, either shut out his opponent or allowed one run in every outing. He did not allow a run in the postseason over the four and a third postseason innings, so that's definitely a positive. Uh, when he's on the field, I like Pierce Johnson. I think that I don't think you're going to see him as like a eighth or ninth inning guy if he comes back next year. He's a free agent right now. Um, but I'd definitely bring him back on a deal. I don't know how much it would be, to be honest. Um, but I don't know if they get it might be more than five million, but maybe if it's somewhere around there, I mean, yeah, definitely. I'd bring him back. He's someone that can be 
a seventh inning guy sometimes. He can pitch in those higher leverage situations when you need him to. I just think he he's better fit. He's a better fit for like the sixth inning or to get out of an inning. Um, but like, I'm fine with him pitching in close games. Uh, it, he just did not stay on the field a whole lot this year. So maybe the Padres can get a discount if they want to bring him back. Uh, John Boggs, he is Pierce Johnson's agent. Uh, I had him on the show, by the way, this season. If you missed that, you can go watch or listen to that after this uh, episode's over. But um, John, I, I think going into that interview that I had with him, I thought for some reason that Pierce was going to be arbitration eligible. He was going to go to arbitration, but they agreed in that contract with the Padres that he would not go to arbitration with them. And so he's just a free agent this year. Um, so Padres are going to have to bring him back. They're going to have to make a competitive offer. I mean, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, a couple of seconds ago, maybe they get a discount. But, I mean, when he's on the field, he pitches well. So I don't know how much of a discount they would get, if that makes sense. The negatives are the injuries this year. I mean, he's 31, placed on the IL in April with right forearm tendonitis, didn't return until September. Um, so that's obviously most of the season, but he didn't allow a run in the postseason. Um, he was available in the postseason, which is, I mean, what matters is being available the whole year, but he was available in the postseason and pitched well in the postseason. So you do have to give that to him. Uh, this year, his salary was like $3 million. It's going to be higher than that in free agency. I just don't know how many years he's going to get, if he's going to get a multi-year deal coming off a big injury season or a season where he had an injury and was out for most of it. I just don't know if a team's willing to give him multiple years. Uh, so maybe it's a one-year return to the Padres or something, and it's $5 million, $4 million, and maybe he gets a multi-year deal after that. I don't know, but I'd be open to bringing back Pierce this offseason. I don't think it's the number one priority, obviously, for the Padres, but he is. I'd rather bring him back than some other guys that are free agents. Stammen, obviously, he might just retire. Um, or like, I'd rather bring back Pierce Johnson than Clevenger, to be honest. I'm, I'm just not really too high on Clevenger after his season this year. I know some of it was due to injuries, and he was fighting through injuries the whole year, and props to him. But uh, just performance wise, bottom line, you got to look at performance, and he didn't really perform. Um, so that was Pierce Johnson. And now let's look at Tim Hill. Tim Hill finished with the .5 F4, Fangraphs War, that is, 55 games. He stayed healthy. That's the good thing. 48 innings, 3.56 ERA, a 1-2-3 whip, 25, 25 strikeouts. That's it? That's what I'm reading here. Uh, 14 walks, gave up a home run, four hit batters. Uh, Tim Hill's one of those underrated relievers, I think, in the Padres' bullpen. He doesn't get a ton of love because you have Josh Hader in the bullpen. You had Robert Suarez in the bullpen this year. Dick Martinez was really good this year. Uh, Luis Garcia is like the seventh inning guy now, or at least in the postseason he was. He might be eighth inning depending on who they bring back or what moves they make to add to the bullpen this year. Maybe it's Garcia um, in 2023 is the eighth inning. But with Tim Hill, I mean, he's someone that I definitely trust. I mean, to get out of innings, Obviously, he has that unique arm angle. He's a lefty. Padres didn't have a ton of lefties in the bullpen this year. I, I thought he was a 
pretty valuable piece to this Padres pen. Um, just reading some regular season numbers here. Allowed a run in less than 15% of his regular season games. Went 23 games without allowing a single run from July 2nd to, to uh, September 6th, I believe. Uh, did not allow a run. Did not walk anyone in the three postseason outings that he had. Uh, I think there was a couple in the division series and then some in the NLCS as well. Uh, I mean, when it, when it mattered, he showed up. And there were some situations, like, for example, game four of the NLCS when Melvin had Manaya go out there for that fifth inning. I thought if you're going to start the, or if you're going to have Garcia come in during that inning, have him start that inning or have Tim Hill come in the game or if he, or have Garcia start that fifth and you can have Tim Hill pitch the sixth or finish the fifth or if Garcia can't get through it or something like I was, I wanted Tim Hill in those games. Uh, I thought he probably could have pitched more than he did in the postseason, but obviously you can't change that now. That's not really in um, Tim Hill's control, right? That's not up to him when he pitches. When he did pitch, uh, he was effective, very effective. So, um, yeah, I mean, that I, I just remember in the regular season that long scoreless streak that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. I mean, it just didn't feel like he was ever going to give up another run. Like, he was just really, really solid for the Padres this year. And so he is, I believe, in arbitration this coming season. Uh, they still have control of him. So that is good news. That that's not another worry that you have to put on AJ Preller's list of worries this offseason. Um, so I was impressed by Tim Hill again this year. Moving on to Steven Wilson. Um he had a really good start to his Padres season, then hit some bumps, and then I thought he finished pretty strong as well. Um he finishes with a 0.3 F4, 50 games, 53 innings, a 306 CRA. 106 whip, 53 strikeouts, 20 walks, seven homers that he allowed, three hit batters. Um, I mentioned that really, really solid start that he had. He earned a spot. Remember, he earned a spot on the opening day roster. I think he was the last reliever on it. Uh, I forget who he was. I think Chris Matt. Did Chris Matt make the opening day roster? I think he did, but it was... Or if he didn't, it was between him and Chris Matt. I think Chris Matt was on it. It was between Wilson and probably someone else. And Wilson made it. And uh, he ended up pitching in some high-leverage situations in April because of how well he was pitching. Obviously, they started him off slow because he's a rookie, last man in the bullpen. But he wasn't giving up many runs at all. Um, he allowed one run in his first eight appearances. I don't think that Padre fans were expecting that good or that uh, they weren't expecting that high level of pitching from Steven Wilson, I don't think, out of the gate, at least like casual fans that didn't really know who this guy was. Um, but Bob Melvin trusted him like he trusts a lot of his guys. That was a big um, positive from Bob Melvin this year, obviously, was having confidence in guys. You could say it's a negative, too, at points, but um, he had confidence in Wilson, and it did pay off there at the beginning of the year. He didn't allow more than one run in his last 23 games of the regular season. So he did hit the bumps in the middle there. I think he was sent down once or twice, maybe a little more than that. But um, strong start, strong end. 
He pitched two and a third scoreless innings in the postseason, pitched some against the Mets, pitched some against the Dodgers. Uh, that was, I think those were his first two postseason appearances. Uh, and then he gave up a run in the NLCS. Uh, I think that one inning that he pitched, Garcia gave up a run in that game four. But Wilson and Garcia, they weren't the reasons why the Padres lost that game. You know, uh, so I was, I liked what Steven Wilson provided for the Padres this year. Uh, there's not a whole lot of negatives to say. I mean, yeah, there were rough outings, but there's rough outings for pretty much every reliever. Um, he was sent down a couple times. He had that stint on the IL, left hamstring, tendonitis. But most of the time when he was on the mound, I mean, the fastball was good, electric. Yeah, he hit some bumpy uh, spots during the year, like I've mentioned a couple times already here, these last couple minutes. Um, but that was more because he was going through his fastball and batters were expecting it. They'd, they'd watched the video. At the beginning, he was just pumping the 97-mile-an-hour fastball. I think that's what it was. It was high 90s, I think, just past guys. It looked faster than 97. Or if it was 95, it looked like it was 98. Um, and that's obviously a difference. So once guys adjusted to Wilson... He faced some struggles, but then he got back. Then he, I think he used more of the breaking ball. I'm not, I don't have like numbers in front of me on that, but I think just eye test, he was using not just a fastball for his put away pitch. He was using more pitches there. So, um, yeah, he, I think going into next year, he could earn a higher leverage role based on which relievers the Padres decide to bring back. If they decide to uh, bring back Suarez, they're probably going to have to pay him a lot. I don't think they'll bring him back, but if they do bring him back, then maybe Wilson has about the same role because you have Hayter still, you have Garcia still, you have Hill, um, you know, Chris Matt's still there and all that. But um, I think that Wilson could definitely provide an impact, for positive impact for the Padres' bullpen in 2023. Um, and then the last guy, Adrian Morahone. I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about about him because he just didn't stay healthy the entire year. Uh, part of that was because he didn't start the season healthy because of, or he was building back up to be healthy because uh, he started the season on the IL with the Tommy John recovery from 2021. Because remember, he missed the majority of 2021 with that Tommy John because he got hurt in Arlington, I want to say. I think that was later in that weekend, the same weekend that Joe Musgrove threw the no-hitter. Uh, had Tommy John out for the year and then came back, but then was uh, sidelined again, experienced left shoulder inflammation in June, sidelined him for a few weeks. Uh, for me personally, I'm just waiting to see what this guy can do in a full season. Like He just hasn't had that really with the Padres. Um, bear with me for a minute here where I look up Morahone's season numbers, like innings, because 2019, eight innings. 2021, 19 and a third innings. 2021, four and two thirds. I mean, that was his first start, right, of the year, I think, or first appearance, uh, or second appearance, my bad. And then this year, 34 innings. Like, the most innings he's thrown in a season for the Padres are 34 innings. And I know he's a young arm and all that, but this is kind of feels, for me at least, it feels like it's going down the Denelson Lamette road. Like, 
electric arm. Can't wait to see what he can do in a full season, but when is that full season going to come? I don't think the Padres are close to giving up on him, but if you do remember, there was some chatter about hmm, maybe do the Padres have Adrian Morahone go to the Nationals in the Juan Soto trade. But at that time, Morahone was pitching well for the Padres. So I think my stance at that time was like, no, I, I, I mean, if I have to, sure, I'll give up Morahone, but I don't want to give up Morahone. Like, I'll give up Gore, I'll give up Abrams, but Morahone, like, we're trying to win right now. And this guy's a young arm. He's pitching well. He's finally healthy. Um, so I, I didn't want to give him up. And I, I still, I don't want to give him up still. I mean, yeah, like he just doesn't have a ton of innings under his belt, but that could be a good thing because his arms, it should be fresher than guys uh, or some guys that are 23 that have already been in the big leagues for a couple years, you know, with those fire arms, right? Um, I'm trying to see here. Let me look at his game logs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So he was healthy from July, end of July on. Um, pitched throughout August, pitched throughout September. He allowed, what is it? He allowed four earned runs in his last 10 innings in the regular season this year. Opponents had a 177 on base percentage. And then when we go to the postseason, this year he pitched twice. Wild card game, he struggled, but then NLCS game four, he pitched a scoreless inning, gave up one hit, struck out one. Um, yeah, I mean, that wild card game against the Mets, he gave up a couple hits. I believe he came in, he came into the game in that inning after who was pitching? I think it was more honed still, right? He gave up that hit to Jeff McNeil um, with the bases loaded, I want to say it was. Yeah, uh, the double to Jeff McNeil. That increased the Mets lead from 3-2 to 5-2. Uh, Padres lost that game. The good news is Musgrove obviously helped Morahone out there in game three and just shut the Mets down. Padres won, so Morahone didn't cost the Padres the series. Uh, and Snell didn't pitch that great either in game two. I want to put that out there. It wasn't all on Morahone. But it was clear Morahone didn't have his command, especially with the fastball. What I remember in that game two outing, it felt like the fastball just wasn't there. And Bob Melvin maybe kept Morahone in that game too long. Uh, I believe I was on with Jim Russell on, his, on uh, John and Jim's wrap-up show uh, after that game, because John was doing like the Aztecs game or something. And Jim and I were just pissed off that Morahone was still in that game. Like, you have a chance to close out the series. It's still a close game. And Morahone clearly doesn't have it. You have a lefty and McNeil up at the plate. Why are you not going to Tim Hill? I, in fact, yeah, now that kind of, I'm rejogging my memory. Yeah. Uh, 
I thought Tim O should have been in that game at that time. So I think, you know, Morahone just didn't have it in that postseason appearance. My point is sometimes you're going to face some bumpy outings with Morahone. Uh, that's what you're going to experience with him. But he does have that potential. He still has, you know, the 97 fastball, right? Uh, the breaking pitches are still, they can still definitely complement that fastball. Um, let me look up his baseball savant numbers. I'm sure the spin rate's good. Like, this is a guy, I mean, he's 23. Like, this is a guy that I'm not going to give up on here. I mean, fastball velocity, 92nd percentile. That's great. Fastball spin rate, 96th percentile. Great. The curve spin is 58th. That's not so great. Uh, the extension's not so great, but the fastball's definitely there. So if he can work on his breaking pitches, uh, I think he's going to be pretty hard to hit. I'll say that. So those are the relievers today. Steven Wilson, Tim Hill, Pierce Johnson, Adrian Morahone. Uh, if you have any thoughts on those relievers years, feel free at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram or in the comments if you're watching live or on replay here on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on the podcast platforms, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I do uh, recommend that. Daily Padres content. There's breakdowns on there. There's highlights that I'm going to be uploading from the 2022 season up there. I already have the Padres uh, season highlights. I think I was the first to put those up. Uh, but like individual player highlights, I'll be having those up uh, in the coming days. So I really encourage you to subscribe if you have not already and be following on the social media channels for more Padres content. Uh, as this offseason heats up, I mean, obviously there's a lot of decisions after that World Series is over. Within those five days, the Padres have player options that are going to be decided. Um, well, the players have the player options. The Padres have some club options like Will Myers, but that's like $20 million. They're not going to, they're, they're going to decline that, and he'll be a free agent. And then, uh, like, Profar has the player option. Will he come back? I don't know. I think that's a tough choice, tough decision for him because he had a great year for him um, after a not that great 2021. And there's Robert Suarez, obviously, has the player option. Nick Martinez has the player option. So, I'll definitely be covering that stuff, and there's going to be a lot of attention on that because we obviously know uh, Suarez, Martinez, like those two guys were huge for the Padres, and Profar was big for the Padres this year too. So if they decline those player options and go out to free agency, the Padres might have to overpay for some of those guys or for all of those guys. Um, and I don't think they want to do that. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on, and that's just the five days after the World Series. Then we have Drury and Bell. You know, a lot of free agents for the Padres and obviously free agents from other teams that might be fits for the Padres. I mean, I love the offseason. I mean, it sucks this year because the Padres, you want them to be playing in the World Series. But once the World Series is over, I'm probably not going to be feeling so bad because I'm going to be just focused on 2023 and this offseason and how the Padres can get better. And it never stops. Baseball never stops. Some people might take some time off, but. I don't feel like taking time off. I mean, when the Padres are good like this, it makes you want to do this. It makes you want to talk with you guys, you know, Padres fans, and uh, just see what each other's thoughts are on which free agents uh, are fits for the Padres money-wise, uh, dreaming about 
big name guys because we know Preller, he'll he'll when you don't think it's a possibility, it's a possibility for him. Uh, so a lot of interesting stuff to come. Gaglerandbros.com. Uh, that is the website for our sponsor, Gaglin and Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. Great cheesesteaks, fries, cheese fries, garlic fries. I definitely recommend you check the restaurant out if you have not already, located on Friars Road. Um, great, great food there. Great people there. Def- definitely recommend that. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. I forget what players I'm reviewing tomorrow, uh, but I'll probably be going live. If not, it'll be recorded. Uh, but if there's any, there's probably not because the World Series is on. But whenever there's Padres news, I'll definitely be talking about it. Um, so this has been episode 266. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And I'll see you later. Have a good one. Happy Halloween.